Welcome to the 180th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast. <laughs> a podcast? What was that? Was that for that Halloween? Was, no, that was a cheer. Oh, okay. Well, fine. It was a thin and sort of reedy cheer. You cheer next time. Well, I would not sound like Continue. a ghost. I would actually <laughs> sound like a cheer, but okay. <clears throat> fine. So this As is a podcast where we talk about games okay. and gaming from a and apparently my cheers and apparently your sorry ass cheers from a feminist perspective. That was not very feminist, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a roaring start. We are off to a roaring start. You guys, welcome to the 180th episode tonight. Tonight, we are joined by a special guest. Special guest. Here we go. Alicia singing for us tonight. We have a second Alicia in the house tonight. Uh, Alicia Alexandra from Game on Girls. Um, she is also a blog. Oh, no. That's, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. I screwed that up. Girls on Games. Damn. I, I was like, no, no, that's wrong. That's like straight up backwards. Backwards, I know. Okay. Girls on games. Don't go looking for game on girls. You might find some heinous shit yeah, on the you internet. Don't, that don't sounds Google really that. bad. Yeah. Girls on games. There we go. She's also a blogger at 8bitblonde.blog. Um, and a good yep. blogger. She's got some interesting stuff out there. You guys need to go check that out. Uh, she is also a partnered content creator on Mixer and a freelance community manager and consultant. Hello, Alicia. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. How about you, other Alicia? Um, I feel like I'm being replaced. <laughs> well, damn, she's on to I us. I know. See, we thought uh. we thought if we just brought a second Alicia on, we could like slowly push you out. And nobody would ever notice. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's a good <laughs> thing I like transition. her, so it's fine. And this one, this one curses as much as you do, so nobody. I know we're here. best friends now. Like I said, we don't need you anymore. Um, so I'm the one getting pushed out. Is what you're saying? Yeah. No, oh, I got you. I got you. It's been eight long years. I need a break. <laughs> I don't want to edit. So, <laughs> oh, so never, never mind. mind. Huh? Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Amen to that. Uh, you got to stay. Fine. <laughs> All right, y'all. We are also joined by, as you can hear, our regular co-host, Alicia Carabinus. Hey, hey, hey. How are you, Alicia? Uh, I'm okay. Um, I guess I should do my little intro. Yes, who are thingy. you? Uh, I am currently the 32nd Queen in Reigns Her Majesty. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm a PhD, a PhD candidate at Purdue University. Uh, I study rhetoric and composition but it's really just an excuse to talk about games and uh i'm too good at reigns her majesty and keep getting murdered for being popular 
well, that so happens. I'm, I'm, I'm good and not good that at the same happens. time. I got murdered a lot playing Reigns for Majesty. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it when we get there. Okay, I I'll, I'll save my story for the end then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we will start with our usual, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. All very important questions. And we'll try to pretend we're like we got some manners. We're going to start with our guest, Alicia slash 8-Bit Blonde. <laughs> 8-Bit. You can call me Allie going forward if you want, if that makes it a little bit easier. There we go. That, there we go. We won't confuse ourselves so much. Because the other one, Allie, does not fit the other one. So, Mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Allie, what you playing? So, you probably know what I'm going to say because I convinced you to pick up this game mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I've been really busy the past few days with the, uh, well, a little bit of Forza Horizon, but um, mostly with the head start for Maple Story 2. Yep which is kind of out of the norm for me. I'm not normally a PC gamer, um, but I do love me some MMOs. And so when I saw just how flippin' cute <laughs> Maple Story 2 is, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. <laughs> so I did, and now I'm kind of hooked. Yeah, you don't just try is... an MMO. Yeah, yeah, see, and that's my thing, is like I've, I've had kind of love affairs with MMOs in the past, you know, World of Warcraft, RuneScape. RuneScape and I have a very sordid past. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I decided to give Maple Story a shot and, uh, if for such a, such a visually simple and kind of delightful game, it has so much going on. So I've been, I've been busy with that, mm-hmm. um, for the past like two and a half days, <laughs> mm. nonstop. <laughs> yeah. I totally was not going to play that game. Um, and Ali was like, you should play this with me. And I was like, I'm not going to play that game. Then she started sending me screenshots over discord it's like, look at this and look at this. And then she sent me a <laughs> screenshot of herself riding a freaking unicorn. And I was oh, like, man, downloading this now. <laughs> yeah, the unicorn got her. Yep. yep. I got drawn in by the unicorn. It happens. It's understandable. Yeah. It's understandable. What about you, Alicia? What are you playing, darling? Well, um, still heavy on campaign games. Been playing Gloomhaven with my crew on that. Been playing D&D with my crew on that. Um, very excited because big things are going to happen to my character in our next session. Um, but I won't I don't, won't spoil in case any of my, my D&D bros are listening. Um, and then I uh, started playing some Sadie Decay 2 again, of course, because we had our charity marathon. Mm-hmm. But I also picked Reigns Her Majesty back up. Uh, when it first came out, I, I got it immediately, you know, because I loved Reigns. Uh, and I started it, and it's incredibly depressing because if you are a good queen, you die. And if you are a bad queen, you die. And the only way that you can survive <laughs> at all is to be a very pragmatic uh, queen. And it feels awful. If, I mean, it's really, it's good. It's super well done and very clever in the way that's enacted. But I get really depressed <laughs> playing it because I want to do things that help my kingdom and that are right. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love you so much. Now we've crushed you to death under the weight of our actual love. Um, and it happens to me pretty much like clockwork in year 12, no matter what I do. Ooh. So, yeah, this game I'm 32 queens in. Year seven, 
probably going to die. Probably going to die. Yeah, popularity meter's going up. And I keep forgetting to check. Like, you would think 32 queens later that I would watch that more. Yeah. I don't I don't learn. No. That, well, that's true in real life, too, so. You know what? I also know where you live. <laughs> so what? So, yeah. Watch yourself. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. So, in other words, you're going to be playing Reigns while we podcast. In I may or may not be playing Reigns right now. That I know. I know you so well. <laughs> I know you so well. Well, I, okay. So, I I will segue and tell a tiny story. Um, when I was in my, my postmodernism class, um, we had to write many papers. And I did one when we were reading Foucault. I wrote one on Reigns. And I was looking for something recently, and it came back across the paper, and I was like, wow, it would be really nice to update this and talk about both games and the differences with how the kings and queens are treated in these games and then how that ties into, like, Foucault and ideas of power and structure. Um, so I thought I would, I would start playing again and take notes for the future. I can't do that right now. I've got other things to do. But I can take some notes, and that way I have something to go back to when I'm finished with some of these other big projects that's already ready for me. Mm. Okay. I got you. But, I, yeah, I am going to play while we podcast. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, all this to say I'm going to play while we podcast. I know. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm it's just worst. justification. I understand. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I'm playing. Um, I've been playing, uh, you know me, I play like a billion games in a week, and I play them all for a little bit, unless they really catch catch me um rooms rooms not runes two o's and an m rooms (laughs) the adventure of ann and george um which was a cute little puzzle game um on the switch um i've been playing that it is a it's an older game it actually came out on steam uh as in a pre as a same game, right? It's called Rooms. Uh, I think in like 2015, but they updated it and gave it a co-op mode um, and released it on the Switch. Um, and it's a super cute little game. It's you know got a thin story, right? You play a little. You, the main protagonist is a little girl who goes into like a haunted house and she has to discover what's going on. Um, and what you have to do is move around these disconnected rooms um, using different mechanics. It might be using a telephone that teleports you to another telephone of the same color in a different room Um, or using uh, a ladder to go up into a different room or using uh, a special uh, magical wardrobe that will not move the room itself, but flip it so that it takes on the appearance and the characteristics of another room that has that same kind of wardrobe in it. Um, and then you can slide the rooms like those old fashioned slider puzzles that always had one piece missing and you slide, slid them around. So then you can slide them around until you find the door out and you make it through the levels that way. Super cute. Um, and if you play in co-op mode, um, you get, uh, a, a little male character that goes along with you and you guys work in cooperation to move things around. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun playing that, playing with that one um, and playing that game. So, but you'll hear more about that because I'm writing a post on co-op games um, for the Thanksgiving holiday mm. that you will see soon. Um, so that I've been playing 
I've also been playing, I needed puzzle games. My, I had a bad couple of weeks, a really bad couple of weeks. So I've been needing something to like clear my brain. Um, so rooms, and then I played um, The Gardens Beneath, which is another super cute puzzle game that is, and they all involve kids, oddly enough, um, that uh, has two children um, who kind of get uh, transported into um, a alternate universe. Um, where they can control time, but it's all about time and nostalgia and all the puzzles are time-based. Um, they're physics-based, but they're also time-based. So you you have to rewind time in order to change the landscape uh, in whatever way gets changed. But the landscape is all made up of childhood memories. Um, it's a beautiful game. The music is super nice and it's incredibly calming. Um, I haven't made it to the end of it yet. Um, but because I'm an eternal pessimist, I'm like, we're going to get to the end and these kids going to be dead. That's why I'm going through all this. Um, and then I'm going to be mad and I'm going to have to break something. Um, but I hope that's not the case because it is also a beautiful game. Um, and the, the third puzzle game that I've been playing, I'm going to talk about this one too. Um, and I have to say rooms, the gardens beneath and this third game figment. I got, um, codes for all three and I'm playing all three on the switch. Um, for review and streaming purposes. So thank you very much developers for these wonderful games. I'll put links to uh, the developers in the show notes, but um, figment. Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ava's laughing. Cause she was there when I was playing figment. Oh yes. Uh, so it's another puzzle based game, right? So you start out and there's like a kid talking to um, a parent or caregiver in a car and it's like, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden there's a car accident. And when the screen comes back to um, what you are is like this little snarky, surly demon dude. He's not really a demon. I don't know what he is. Um, I don't know how to describe him. Um, <clears throat> who uh, is in an alternate universe that is based on memory. Um, and he's walking around looking for ice for his martini. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very surly because you know the the way that the game was described, it was like it is a it's a a puzzle based, uh, time based musical game that's full of humor, and I was like, oh, that sounds like right up my alley. It's what I need in my life right now. It's what I need in my life right now, um, and it, so it turns out that it's actually about processing grief and memories. So there's all this shit about nostalgia and suppressed memory and suppressed grief and dead folks and kids are involved and I'm just mad because on top of that it it gets really difficult at points and then see Abe was watching me stream this and she missed this part we come you come across all these nightmares right that have different attributes and I think the second or third nightmare that you come across is the poop nightmare he's a poop (laughs) demon he's a poop demon all right. Oh, I'm so sad I missed it. Yeah, you missed the poop demon. <laughs> so the poop demon starts to sing this song, right? And it's all about dirt and germs and blah, blah, blah. And that's, this is what you're battling, right? Because these are all your fears, right? The nightmares, all the fears that this person is coming to terms with. And I think it's the child because I think that the parents are probably dead, right? And that's why we're, we've got this thing about processing grief and nostalgia. Um, but because I haven't gotten to the end of this one yet either. Um, Because like I said, I've just been playing these in the last week or so. Um, And he, they all sing these little ditties. 
Uh, and his little ditty, believe it or not, and he was like, it's going to be a syringe filled with dirt and germs and autism. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are we really getting anti-vax rhetoric mm. in this game? Um, mm. So needless to say, I'm not finishing that game because I'm mad at it. If I if I if it was a disc, I'd burn it. But it's actually on my switch hard drive. So I'm just going to delete it. Um yeah, so there was, you know, little sneaky things like that that just, you know, let me know that politically they were pretty out there in terms of in terms of my my own political alignment. Um and then the next one was a um the next d- nightmare that I ran into was a spider nightmare. One, I hate spiders with every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. Um two, they made her kind of a very juke joint jazz chick spider um, with with a, a very jazzy little ditty um, that also pissed me off. But so, yeah, that's that game. Enjoy it if you so choose. Um, <laughs> that's the three puzzle games. Um, I got sucked into Forza hard. I don't like racing games. Y'all know I can't drive in games. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. You know what? Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. I ain't going. I can't lie. Can I drive in games at all? But Forza Four and Abe, you can attest. It doesn't feel like a racing game if you don't want it to. It is a. I mean, yeah. it's a kick-ass racing game because I've seen people who like do racing games just like drooling mm. over this, and they're like, "And this car, and this actually feels like this, and you know, this car has this engine." And I'm like, I don't even know what class I'm supposed to choose for this race. We're gonna drive and see which one feels right, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> they they really. I mean, I'm actually working on something at the moment that kind of goes more in depth about how Playground, you know, has has introduced like all these mechanics into the Horizon series. Yeah. Um, that makes it accessible to like pretty much any type of Absolutely. gamer. And it's really, really cool. Absolutely. It's amazing, right? So now you can like change your clothes, right? So, and I saw 8-Bit, you were look, you were, you were, you were spinning for clothes and you were like, <laughs> I want clothes. And I was like, the funny thing is, is when I do my wheel spins, I'm like, oh God, give me anything but clothes. <laughs> I keep getting cars. I don't want the cars. Oh no, cars. Oh, no cars in my I've got, like, got like five of those. I'm good now. <laughs> I got cars in my racing game. Uh, so there's like car, there's cars, of course, and there's clothes, and there's like dance emos, and um, the music is actually really good on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying the music more than anything. Um, and so I like, I'll sit and I'm like, I'm just going to play Forza for a little bit. And like four hours later, I've been jamming to like the 80s hip hop station and driving around doing stuff. Because in addition to like the races, you can do stuff like buy houses. You can do stuff like, you know, do challenges, right? Um, you know, drive your car and don't tear it up to get to this spot, right? Or do the the danger, the danger signs where you do jumps off of cliffs, which, you know, all you have to do is drive in a straight line and drive really fast until you hit a, cl- until you hit a ramp. That's, that's easy. I can do that. I can do that. Um, but then there's like stuff like you have to there's that are almost puzzle like right the the boards the influence and the fast travel boards they're just like wooden boards that you have to literally run over this is what I like about this game you get points for tearing stuff up I can tear stuff up because I can't stay on the road so I'm good at that 
but um, but a lot of times they're positioned in in certain places. Like they'll be on top of a building, or they'll be you know between two things. So you have to figure out how to get there. So it's very puzzle like in that way. Um, so I do a lot of those, and then you can also play like the the team based games where you know your goal is to run into each other. You play infected, right? So you mm-hmm. so we have one person who's infected. You have to infect everybody else that you're playing with. But then their teammates can heal them. So you literally just want to run, drive around. It's like bumper cars, <laughs> right? It's like bumper cars in Forza. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I'm really shocked that I've spent as much time playing this game as I actually have. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed that. And then, of course, Abit was talking about it earlier, or Allie was talking about it earlier. Maple Story 2. She pulled me into Maple Story 2. <laughs> um, and it's a super cute little game. Um, Alicia, you should check it out. The only problem is it is PC only right now. It's yep. not Mac. Nope. Um, you can use you can use Terry's computer or I could. Or you, but you, I'm did not you do going boot, to. Did you do about yours? No, I didn't because I hate Windows. Oh well, I like a lot. Like a lot. Well, that that would stop you. But it's super duper cute. I was gonna say Jack would probably like it. Well, he has a computer, so maybe we'll see if it runs on his. It goes free to play on the tenth, so it, it it seems like it would be something he likes because he can run around with little cartoony characters and kill things. And there's oh like, well, he that's all the things he likes in this world. Yeah, see, he would love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but anyway, that's what I've been playing. That's my list of things I've been playing. Um, what about reading, Allie? You read anything interesting? Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of finishing up this book. Um, I got it on the sales rack at Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. Um, it's called survive the night and it's by Danielle Vega. And, um, it was $4 and it had a, it had an interesting looking cover. So I bought Mm -hmm. it and it's one of those ones where it doesn't tell you anything about the book on the back. Mm -hmm. And I really couldn't be bothered to open it. So it was $4. Like I said, (laughs) it had a pretty cover and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it. Um, so it's it's okay. I mean, it's very, and I've never actually, never actually seen this, but I've heard things described as this. Um, so I'm gonna go with it. But it seems like it's very pretty little liars, mm-hmm. like murder mystery with a hair bow <laughs> sort of deal. Um, it's 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 very it's it's young adult, but very young adult. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, it was four dollars. So I, I'm not I'm not too upset mm-hmm. about it. Um, this was kind of you know I, I picked this up after finishing uh, the Hate You Give. Yeah, which I read for um, Sam's book club, <laughs> and I'm very 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 excited to talk Oof, about. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is definitely not that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not as good as as the Hate Few You Give. Few things are. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now, book wise. Cool. What about you, Alicia? What you what are you reading, darling? Well, I started watching. I, I don't. Why was I watching this? I was home doing something, and I needed something distracting that I could watch that I wasn't really. I didn't really care about. So I started watching the uh, "To All the Boys I've Loved Before" on Netflix. Um, yeah. Well, I only watched like the first twenty minutes, and then I thought, I bet this is based on a book. And it is based on a trilogy. There's a trilogy of books, and they're young adult novels. But I I read a sample of the first one, and it was actually really really good. Sometimes I'm I'm iffy about YA fiction, um, 
but it's it's got some good depth of character in places. So I, for the last three days, I've been reading all three of those books, and I'm almost done with the third one. So I actually recommend them. Who's the author? Uh, Jenny Han. Cool. And, you know, I'm picky, so. I know. I need to read more. I need to read things that are not. I need to read something that's going to soothe my soul. I need mm-hmm. a soothe my soul read. I've been reading a lot of heavy stuff and processing, you know, and processing a lot of stuff lately myself. And, um, yep. But that being said, what I reread this week <laughs> was Algorithms of Oppression by Sophia Noble. Yeah. Because she came to campus mm-hmm. last week and she was freaking incredible. Um, but the way that she talks about how racism and sexism are pervasive in um, algorithms, in search algorithms, very specifically, it's what she talks about in algorithms of oppression. But she is also starting to think and talk about how these things are also pervasive um, in not only other kinds of algorithms, but in the very uh, material elements of technology. Because um, mm-hmm. she she recently took a trip to Africa with her with her husband, um, and they were looking at um, technology waste and how because that stuff's toxic. Right. Mm-hmm. And how it's just like yeah. strewn about in countries um, where they are manufacturing this stuff because one is cheaper, but also lo and behold, it's all there are also countries inhabited by black and brown folks. Yep. Um, go figure. Uh, shock. shock. <laughs> it's like clutch the pearls. Um, so that's her next project. Uh, and she talked a little bit about that. And that sounds absolutely fascinating as well. Um, so yeah, this week I was rereading Algorithms of Oppression. Um, so but all the things that I've chosen to read lately have all been about how horrible the world is. Um, even my sci-fi has been about how horrible the world is. Um, I think I'm going to need to read some like, I don't know, Frog and Toad or Friends or some shit next week. <laughs> um, I'm, I think that's the book that I'm going to just scream at everyone about at this conference. Um, because you, you remember like my very first class, the first time I read Ian Bogos, I was like, why are we just talking about the machines? Like they weren't made by people. Yeah. Like they weren't designed by people who have all these problems. Observe, here are the problems. Observe, (laughs) they are in the machines. They didn't get there by accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and her book is such an excellent example of that. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Yeah, I think I'm just... Anytime somebody questions him, I'll be like, go read this. You know, in, in my line of work, I think it's incredibly interesting and something I definitely want to check out. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great book. It's a great book. Um, there's a, there's also some... Uh, there's a, see, and this is what I'm saying. I need to go read some Frog and Toad of Friends because I also have a stack of other books that, that talk about... Um, bias and algorithms um, that I'm not, not now I'm like chomping at the bit because I'm like I want to read these too because they're going to tell me how horrible the world is and I need more spoiler so no. horrible uh, no I don't need more of that right now I need something else um, 
So after reading that again and going to see her speak, um, I actually haven't read too much of anything in the last couple of days because I was like, I need to just lay because because I'm automatically I automatically gravitate toward these kinds of books, not because I want to be unhappy, but because I want to be informed. And because Mm -hmm. because of the work that, you know, anybody, anybody who knows if you are SJW in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. The dude bro's going to always come at you to challenge you. Mm-hmm. So you got to know your shit, right? So Right, because it's now your job to suddenly offer 42 citations on everything you say. Absolutely. Absolutely, right? I mean, and and I guess, But only certain citations because other ones don't count. Right. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Selective, right. Selective citations. citations. Uh, but and so, you know, I feel the need to do this because I do feel the need to, to be able to, and, and this comes from, and a lot of this, you know, we got to admit it, y'all. A lot of this comes from being one, a woman and two, a woman of color, Mm -hmm. right? That, that, that need to constantly affirm and reaffirm your expertise. Um, I mean, I can't lie. I mean, I know where it comes from. I, I don't, I can't stop it. Right. I I tell myself all the time, you, you know what you're talking about. So why are you doing this? But then at the same time, I'm like, I know what I'm talking about, but I still have to, in my heart or heart, know heart or hearts, know that I can come back at somebody with 42 citations and tell them here are the 42 reasons you wrong. But, you know, I guess, you know, we live our truths, right? Um, okay, we're not getting down yet. We're not going to be down. Down. We're not getting there yet. We, we're always down. I know. That comes later. That comes later. <laughs> this is a this is an upbeat podcast, so we can talk about magic colonizer fingers. All right. Um, oh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'm on a tear. I need more boot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so we've talked about what you're playing, what you're reading. Speaking of booze, what you drinking, Allie? So I'm going to feel like the odd man out here because I am not <laughs> much of a drinker, but I, I do I do like me some fruity drinks. And so tonight I'm drinking Mike's Hard Cranberry Lemonade. <laughs> That's all right. You drink your drink. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't I can't do the interesting, you know, fun liquors. I can just do the stuff that tastes like normal. Like Jolly Ranchers. Drinks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And even those I need to eat, like, I need to drink on like a, on, on a full stomach. Because um, lightweight. Got you. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's what I'm relaxing with tonight. All right, that's Alicia. All right. What you drinking, darling? Uh, old standby. Uh, I'm making bourbon, uh, brown butter, banana bread. It's in the oven right now. It's about to come out. Um, so of course I'm drinking whiskey bourbon, ginger. right? Whiskey ginger. Yep. We see. We know yep. each other so well. You say old standby, and I know exactly what you're drinking. Yep. <laughs> you got me hooked on whiskey gingers too, but I have to have the fancy ginger. Um, otherwise, well, I, I mean, I just them. I just drink Verner's, so. See, I have At least to have I have the, good taste. You, the, the, Verner's is good. If you got to buy commercial ginger ale, Verner's is the way to go. Because it's got more, it tastes more gingery than the others. But they starting to, to you know. Listen, I'm going to stop you right here. Yes. Be like, I am purchasing ginger ale with my grad student money. 
And you are purchasing ginger beer with your tenure money. No, no. Yes, yes. I got a tenure. <laughs> you know what? Here's here's the realization you gonna come to when you graduate. Tenure money ain't as long as you think it is. Oh no, I know. But tenure it's more than I got. Tenure money ain't as long as you think it is. Especially but it's when you more than <laughs> I especially got. when you a single mama, it ain't that long. Yeah, I know. Your child eats a lot too. Oh, don't she? And grow a lot. <laughs> and grow a lot. Every time you think you're like, whoo, I'm in the clear. I just bought all new clothes. She come in, she didn't grow a half a foot, feet half size bigger, don't nothing fit. Don't talk so. to me. My ten year old son has feet almost as big as mine and I have big feet. And I'm like, when did that happen? When did when when did your toes start coming out of all your shoes? <laughs> Three shoe sizes in a year. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Jeez. So and I have two of these little fuckers, so I love my children. I love my children. They're expensive. My dog doesn't outgrow her collars. <laughs> so I'm in the clear at the moment. Yeah, you are. You are wise. For now. I'm gonna come feed your dog butter. And I'll be like, what now? <laughs> oh so, okay, so you're drinking whiskey ginger. I am drinking, I tried something different, right? Because I was actually going to drink whiskey ginger tonight, too. But then I realized that I drank the last ginger beer. Um, so I was like, whoo, here's a good question. So I didn't want anything super sweet. So I made a pink grapefruit sparkling water. And I am drinking pink grapefruit sparkling water. With a mango raspberry vodka. Ooh. That sounds good. It is really good and it's fruity, but it's not super sweet. Um, that sounds delicious. It's a little heavy on the vodka, but you know, I'm not one to complain about too much alcohol. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. All right, so we've done what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Dun, dun, dun. Now we get to talk about Tomb Raider. Y'all, and very specifically, mm. we are talking about the 2018 iteration of Tomb Raider in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, both Abe and wait, I... Wait, 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 wait. But can I communicate general disdain for Tomb Raider? <laughs> yes, I was going to say. I, I, that was coming. <laughs> That was coming. Right. Allie, Allie, not Alicia. Allie and I have both played um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, and I tried to get Alicia. Y'all heard me on the last two podcasts trying to get Alicia to play it. And she was like, no, I don't care. You can't pay me money to play that I would game. rather slice off my pinky finger in pieces. That's intense. She got real hatred for the I Tomb Raider yeah, I feel, I feel that passion. I have hated I my heart right there. for this shit. So, let me say this. I remember the first Tomb Raider, right? And we knew, when we looked at the first Tomb Raider, as women and gamers, we looked and we were like, that's some problematic shit. <laughs> but at the same time, it was all we had. Right, if you wanted to play as a female protagonist, you really didn't have much. Well, you really didn't have much choice. So it was very much like your faves can be problem. Your faves are problematic, and that was back in the day, before they tried to impose too much of a story 
on it and it was very much just a, a, a platformer and it was a pretty platformer in the day and uh, the puzzles were great back in the day exactly too, in the and the games. puzzles were amazing right so you had this is what it was hard had. yeah the difficulty level was, was good. yeah this is what you had you had a you had a solid game you ignored the conical breasts and the booty shorts running through the tomb you ignored that as much as you possibly could um, and as the series went on, we started to get some of the more sketchy Tomb Raiders, like, I'm sorry, y'all, Angel of Darkness, and some of the others that came later in the mm-hmm. series. You were just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, you can let her die now. But yeah. then they came out in 2013, they came out with the first reboot, um, which was Tomb Raider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and y'all go back and listen to that episode where we talked about that and everybody was mad at me because I was like, I hate, I hate Laura Croft in this game <laughs> because she was a whiny mess, one. And in the original Tomb Raider, they, the developers even said it, right, when they were talking about it, when people were like, yo, how are you going to have these rape, rapey scenes in here? And they were like, well, what you're supposed to do is, this is how Laura Croft comes to age because, let me tell y'all in case y'all didn't know it, uh. Lean real close. Lean, lean real close. I want you to hear this. <laughs> Women come of age through sexual through violence. Yeah. So <clears throat> we just really need the help, the guiding hand of men at, at all phases right. of our lives. And that is what the developer said with that initial with that initial reboot. Right? Is that here we want you to feel like you are helping her. Right. There yeah. was no, the, the language was very much not, we want you to feel like you are Laura Croft, right? Which is a shit show when you was talking about the fact that your, your largest demographic, when you're talking about women who played these games as teenagers and young women, right? Played these games because they wanted to be Laura Croft. This was the only chance we had to play as a character that felt anything like us, right? So it was just, it was a big fuck you is what it was. <clears throat> in many ways, shapes, and forms. But, uh, so, and she was whiny the whole, she whined that whole game. I hate tombs. Uh, it hurts. <laughs> and I was like, if you don't shut up, I swear for Jesus. Um, so it was real problematic. And it was only at the very end of the game, very, very, very end, like last 30 seconds or so, that I felt like Laura Croft was the character she should have been when that game started. Um, and then in the next game, it's like, <laughs> let's sacrifice a bunch of brown people. Yes. That's fun. That's the next step, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the healthy next step. Yeah, so sacrifice all the brown people. Well, if you liked that, you're really going to love Shadow oh, yeah, the Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My small <laughs> finger in slices <laughs> with a dull knife. There's more where that came from. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm like I'm like running these down for folks that didn't play the first two, right? So yeah, and then Rise of Tomb Raider, which is the second game, uh, which was 2015. Was that right? I don't know. Probably. Was it sounds? It was 2016. 2016. One of the two. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm, I'm gonna double check it. Uh, but you get sh- you get Rise of the Tomb Raider, and in Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, you run around and you are very Nathan Drake. And I and I make these jokes about the Uncharted series all the time, right? They're not jokes. 2015. Um, 
but it was very Nathan Drake, right? The same feel that you get from Nathan Drake all the time, who runs around and he kills people and steals shit, right? That's that's what Nathan Drake does. Um, but he's a man doing it, right? So there's some sex and some alcohol in there, um, or implications of sex with every woman he runs across, because he has apparently banged every woman in this universe. Uh, that's always good to know. It's always good to know. You know, he's in equal equal opportunity uh, misogynist. No. Yeah, misogynist. I was going to say misandrist. That's me. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so that was Rise of the Tomb Raider. Now we get 2018, we get Shadow of the Tomb Raider. God bless America. So they tried to. It's, it's, a, a, it's a game. <laughs> it's a I game. heard it's not even that much of a game, really. <laughs> <laughs> They tried to make Laura Croft introspective, but they wanted to make her introspective without losing any of their dude bro following. I think this is, I think here's, here's my, here's my take on it. This is why that introspection falls so flat is they want, they, they were like, well, you know, we had to kill a whole bunch of Brown people. And she's doing some fucked up stuff. So we're going to try to, we're going we gonna to give her these lines that make her introspective. But that introspection going to end every time she get up from that campfire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, that's yeah. it. She, she only feels remorse when she's sitting down <laughs> and the player is too busy fiddling with their items, their outfits, or their upgrades. God bless America. To hear what she's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it, right there right there that is it's it's okay to have introspection as long as it doesn't get in the way of your cosmetic choices um as long as it's not anything that you actually have to think about as long as there's no depth as long as i felt i felt like the game was trying to keep me from feeling bad about what i was doing as lara Mm -hmm. and that made me feel uncomfortable Mm mm-hmm well, because they did. That's what I said. They, they, that's exactly it. You know, you, you nailed it, Allie, is that they don't want you to feel bad. They don't want you to feel bad as Laura, right? The person doing these things. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, and we, we don't want you to feel, we don't want you to feel that white guilt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's been the, that's been the argument about a lot of games that have taken on any kind of political bent in the last couple of years. And they were like, why are you putting the politics in my game? Why are you trying to make, make me feel bad for being white? And that is exactly mm-hmm. what they have made sure that they did not do in the, in the shadow of the Tomb Raider. You are, you nailed it. It is only when it doesn't get in the way of whatever else you want to do. As long as it's not getting in the way of you stealing other people's cultural artifacts, using your, you know, your, your magic colonizer finger to absorb other people's cultures, um, going around and speaking your magic English that everybody understands, right? As long as it doesn't get in the way of any of that, it's okay. And the one time that you really get someone who challenges this? I'll say two. Well, one time you get someone who challenges it, right? You get Jonah who challenges it right after the like big opening scene of the game after Laura triggers the fucking apocalypse, right? By mm-hmm. stealing some shit that don't belong to her in the first place. Um, and when and even even the <laughs> the main bad guy of the series can't believe 
she took what she did. She's like, what'd you do? (laughs) Even the bad guy can't believe that she went that far. Right. Which I think is important to to point out. Right. I mean, this is, this is the dude who's a, who's like, yeah, we gonna, we gonna call, we gonna call up, we gonna kill a God, but I ain't stealing shit like that. Cause that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like I said, that, that one moment where you get someone who challenges her outright, right? Jonah, who's a man of color. He's the Samoan cook from the very first one who has now become kind of a sidekick. And I'm just mad about the whole sidekick thing. Fuck that. Kill Mm -hmm. Lord. Give me, give me Jonah and Abby. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) see, um, but I mean, he actually says to her, you just triggered the apocalypse and killed an entire village of people. But you are sitting here thinking about what your next move is to get the next artifact. You need to sit your ass down, take all the seats and think about what you've done. (laughs) Right. I mean, he literally says this to her in a plane, right? He's not looking at her. He's pissed, right? You can see it. You can feel it. But then she turns on, she uses that magic colonizer charm. See, it's just magic colonizer shit right here. White lady. Exactly. Right. And um, <laughs> so she uses that charm and she's like, but it's all about me. And he looks at her and he's just kind of like, all right, I'm still mad at you, but I'm going to help you. I'm like, for real? That's yeah. not what you just yeah, said. Jonah. <laughs> Jonah kind of being robbed of his right to feel angry and disappointed and betrayed really upset yes. me because like from what we've seen of Jonah so far like he's a really interesting character and he has like his own motivations and his own perspectives and it's just it just felt like he should have been mad at her for longer mm-hmm. and he with reason you know like that should have been a huge wedge in between their friendship rather than him just taking up the mantle of being her sidekick again as soon as everything went to shit he should have tossed our ass out that plane is what he should have done but you know I'm not advocating violence um. <laughs> yeah. No, Laura does that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it was it was it was amazing to see. I was like, I don't believe they just did that. They just had Laura Croft tell a man of color, "You're overreacting." Yeah. Yeah. Right after we, as the players, see you know, Lara's actions, like you said, destroy an entire village. And I, I, this is kind of a minor spoiler, but I mean, we see a small child die right in front of us. And as like a direct result of Lara's actions. And so here I am sitting in the plane thinking, I don't want to play the rest of this game as Lara. Like I'm pissed. Like as the player, I was mad at the character I was supposed to, you know, play for the next, you know, 15 hours. But, you know, as long as you don't want any politics in your video games as though it can be avoided, then it's fine, right? It's unbelievable. So, right, so we have that moment. And then we have a, a secondary moment that comes much later in the game where um, they have made it to a, a fairly secluded, even though, you know, the bad guys have made it here, um, village, mm-hmm. City is what it High is. Tiki. Yes. Yes. Nice. We, the, the lost city. We made it to the lost city. And the one woman who's a woman of color, right? Uh, 
who runs like the local B and B, right? But is also kind of like the local badass, right? Um, sends a message with Jonah. I think she sends a message with Jonah, or she says it over the over the walkie-talkie. I can't remember which. She tells Laura, "When you take your ass in that tomb, don't tear our shit up." Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, the first thing Laura does is take out a pig axe and start tearing shit up. And Jonah was like, yo, Abby just said, don't tear their shit up. And she's like, but I'm making it better. I'm not tearing it up. I'm fixing it, is what she says. Mm-hmm. So again, you have hopes, right? Because there is this, this, this hint of uh, a connection between Jonah and Abby right from the very beginning and you're like okay so they're gonna band together against this colonizer and be like you know what you know we gonna do this shit right we we gonna do this for ourselves right but again he kowtows to laura's declaration that she is the white savior here to fix things yeah and that was like extremely confusing to me because they presented abby as not kind of like a write-off NPC, yes. but they presented her, like she had her own like intro cutscene. They presented her as like this badass who helps the people of her village mm-hmm. and who protects them. And then, you know, when I first met her, I was like, oh man, okay, so maybe she's going to be the person that Lara, you know, travels with for the rest of this journey. And like, she, you know, is going to help Lara and, and you know, um, explain the history of what's going on. And have all these insights that Lara doesn't have because all of this is new to her. Mm-hmm. And no. No, we saw her for what? Maybe a collective 10 minutes in the yeah, game? total. And I was totally heartbroken. Can I ask y'all a question? <laughs> <laughs> yes? Question mark? Thank you, Allie. I had to swallow my drink before she asked it because I was about to, that's why I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> well, spit see, it all over my Samantha computer. probably knows about what I'm going to say, which is in this, our contemporary era, when white women are fucking all kinds of things up. <laughs> Own it. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're just out there fucking everything up. Uh, how, how do you tolerate this shit? This this is why I didn't play it, because I know that I'm going to throw my controller, and I don't want to replace my controller over Tomb Raider. So how do you tolerate it? Well, you know what my answer is. I mean, and, and it's, it's an honest-to-God answer, and, I'm, and our, our answers are going to be very different, Allie. So you know what my answer is. This is not new. Nope. And, and we have had this conversation before. As a person of color living in this country... Things have always been fucked up for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all have always fucked up stuff for us. Right? We're good at that. From your, from, from your white suits and your suffrage to now, y'all have fucked up stuff for us. So it is not like, oh, my God, they're fucking up stuff for us. It is... I mean, you don't really have a choice, right? Like, is there a game that you can play that's not problematic? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, that too. But, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's become, it, it's not become, it has always been the norm. Um, so what all we can do is to, I don't, Tomb Raider was a solid platformer. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. 
That being said, I played the game not because it was a solid platformer, because if it was just a solid platformer with a thin story, I would not have played it. It gives me the opportunity to critique, think about, analyze what is what folks are trying to do or say they're trying to do and what actually comes across. Now, that like I said, it, it's it's not it's not new and it doesn't when when you're used to shit every day, when someone gives you shit the next day, it's not it's not a rev, it's not a revolutionary thing. It's not oh my god, they gave me shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, this again. Cool. Yeah, it's this again, right? So for you and for other folks who don't get shit every day, it becomes more difficult to deal with. Does that make sense? It does. It, but yeah. it, part of it for me is that I have limited time to play right now, and I I just can't. There, I, th- I think there's a lot of merit into looking at what people are saying they're doing and what they're, they're trying to do and critiquing that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to spend $60 to have a headache. So in my case, and this is going to sound very flimsy, but I promise you guys it's the truth. I mean, Sam saw me talk about this on, on stream, but... I was I was really struggling finding a game that kept my interest for more than like five minutes. Yeah. And so when I saw people playing Tomb Raider um, during the early access period, I was like, oh, the mechanics look fun. Looks like there's like a lot of things for me to collect. I wasn't really paying attention to the story because I didn't want it spoiled for mm-hmm. me. Um, so, you know, I just I picked it up and I thought that that would be enough to kind of, you know, keep me happy. But I did have like the, the, the gameplay. I should say mm-hmm. the the actual like straight up mechanics. I thought that would be enough to, to keep me happy. Um, and I kind of had like a flicker of hope that they, you know, with a new writer on board and stuff that we would see a different side to Lara. And, you know, I think her is a character. She does have potential, but it was just, yeah, no, there is. Yeah. There's no. potential. <laughs> and it's like, it just keeps getting, there's so many moments like, okay, I remember playing the first one and then I remember talking about it specifically, Sam, in that women in games class. Mm-hmm. There are so many moments in the first of this Tomb Raider reboot where it's like a threshold. And for a moment, you as player and Laura as character stand together on that threshold and something could happen that would change everything. And it's like, lols, just kidding. And then you go back to the same old shit. And I, man, I, I struggle too uh, for the past couple of years because there's so much going on and I've got so much to do with finding something that's good enough to hold my interest mm-hmm. and also get past all, you know, the, the just anger I have at everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> Very funny. Shut up. Um <laughs> And this is one of those where I just can't, I can't put it aside. It makes me so mad that it, it feels like the games industry is like throwing us a bone. Like, look, we made you a lady and we hired some ladies to work on it. That's what you want, right? Ladies. <laughs> I don't want this shit. Fuck your shit. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. At the, at the end of the game, just having having watched the story play out, and especially the ending, the I hated the ending of this fucking. Oh game my god! So much. Oh my! God. I don't know if we're gonna talk about that, but you know, and <laughs> you know, I just kind of sat there and I was like, okay, well, you know, I liked the points where I was exploring these tombs, um, not not during like the story driven ones, but like the side missions, 
like the ones where you know you're just kind of you're going in you're exploring you're trying to get to the end and the moments where she wasn't talking (laughs) where Lara wasn't talking where she wasn't messing something up where she didn't have to put on a little outfit to talk to you know one of the one of the residents of Paititi because apparently because you know they can't tell that she's super white as long as she puts her on the clothes yeah right yeah like I was just like okay so how what Mm -hmm. you know like those are the moments I enjoyed but it just it really did when I sat down and thought about the story I was like did they even try did they even try no. 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 <laughs> the answer. You you brought up the ending. Y'all, y'all gonna have to yeah. mute yourselves for a minute. Mute mute if you don't want to hear this. Yeah. <clears throat> so the ending left me thinking, okay, did I did I not understand the whole story up until this point? Like I'm a I'm a fairly intelligent individual. And I was like, <laughs> did I did I misread what was going on here this entire time? Why is she still alive? Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> here's what happens. Oh, dang it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing stuff around. Throwing my allergy this, this, meds. This is how angry she is. I know. Throwing my allergy meds. <clears throat> Sorry. Throwing my allergy meds around. I had to pick them up. Um. So, yes, one, you you have to wear the clothing of the people in order to be understood by the people and to, to blend in. Because, yeah, they're they not going to know she white in the lost city in Mexico. Or, I'm sorry, in Peru. So, because um, she starts in Mexico. And they also do this really interesting job of conflating Incans, Aztecs, and Mayans and being just like brown people. Uh, yeah, that really pissed me off too. Um, but that being said, there was this one kind of, there was another, there were all these moments, these pop moments of possibility. There was a, like a kick-ass rebel leader who was also like the queen of the lost city, right? Who Yes, Unaratu. Uh, yes, Unaratu was amazing. Yes. She walked around. She was like, she was taking, she was taking out like the, the, uh, shall we call them impeding forces? Um, quite, quite aptly, right? She would just sneak up behind them five, five minutes later, all those motherfuckers be dead. But, uh, so, but of course she had to die. She had to die while Laura lived. And she had to die so that Laura could once again steal not only her place for the moment in terms of being the person who was who was to save things yeah by making like literally the ultimate sacrifice right but she also stole her birthright exactly she steals her birthright um because this is what she was born to do right um so what happens, y'all, like I said, mute yourself. I'm about to tell you what happens at the end. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you great detail. Laura Croft, who has used her magic colonizer fingers, I want you to envision this, all through this game to touch things <laughs> and absorb culture and language so that she can, you know, understand other folks and apparently they can understand her even though she can't bother to learn to speak their language. 
Mm-hmm. Even when you turn language immersion on and everybody else around you is speaking Spanish, Laura's still speaking English. Magic colonizer fingers. Laura Croft becomes a god. Y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta go. I cannot, in this moment, I cannot say anything that you can air on this podcast. Yeah, so so not only does she become a god, but she becomes a god so she can sacrifice herself yes. to be killed by another god who up until 10 minutes ago she thought was a creature. A savage. Yes, she called them creatures. Yeah, a, she called yeah, a creature. an entire an entire race of people creatures for seven eighths of the fucking game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, then she walks out the winner, which for somehow, I don't know how she's alive. I don't understand that. That, that to me took away any sort of, not only it was already bullshit, but her walking away unscathed was just like, what? What? Would Inuratu have been given that chance if she had actually been able to, to, to fulfill her birthright? No. no. But no, Lara, Lara, she gets a special She treatment. becomes a god. She gets, she gets sacrificed by another god. And because she got all that colonizer magic up in her, she's, she's, she's literally glowing from the inside out because she's a sun god. Um, of course she is. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. She's the god of all that's light and right. Light, light right, and white. But anyway, so um, there are these magic artifacts, the, one, the ones that she used to trigger the apocalypse in the first time, first place. There's a box and a knife, right? So she gets sacrificed with the knife. And if you want to make it better, you want to make it better, I want y'all, come on, again and again, lean real close. Okay, okay. The game ends at the very end in that last cutscene. Laura Croft is using that shit as a paperweight in her office. I didn't catch that. Yeah, she's using it as a paperweight. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost Alicia, y'all. Oh. Alicia? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> and like, and then when you just, when you think back, so I didn't actually catch that. I stayed and I waited till the after credit scene, which was disappointing for that reason, now that I know it, but also for many other reasons. And wow. Yeah. She so took it with only, her. So not only was she the reason that Unaratu was killed. But her son, who is now king and still lives and, there, <laughs> she took the ancient shit back to England and is using it as a paperweight. I was just about to say, so they used Unaratu's son. Um, I forget what his name is. Oh my goodness. It begins with an E. Yes. Uh, Etzel, um, Etzel, Ezrol. Yes. Something. It's, it's Etzel or something similar yes. to that. Um, so they used him as basically like an emotional plot yes. piece to make us care, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, oh, she cares so much, she took back this, <laughs> this you know, artifact that his, his people have been protecting mm-hmm. for so many years. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a bold move, Cotton. Etsley. <laughs> Etsley. Etsley, there you go, yes. I was like, Etsel is Etsley, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she has it in her wow. office and she's using it as a paperweight. Yeah. That's, uh, that's bold. I don't have enough bourbon for this. <laughs> it, <laughs> I got a whole bottle and it's not enough. 
Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of shortcomings, and I use that word very, very nicely, <laughs> uh, in the story. And I really don't think it was aided at all by the fact that the game is, you know, open world. Mm-hmm. And it's exploration based and, and things like that, because I, you know, I think it takes a very dedicated, very um, aware team to tell meaningful stories in open world settings. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a swing and a giant miss. <laughs> um, so not only like, I mean, does the story just kind of, it's kind of, you know, really gross. <laughs> um it kind of stops to it stops meaning anything yeah. at a certain point because you're just so busy doing other things that them trying to explore the Lara having these conflicted feelings and emotions and all of these awful things happening just kind of take like the wave like the the furthest seat from the forefront mm-hmm. absolutely it's it's amazing <laughs> certainly something <laughs> mm. oh golly so yeah I mean the, <laughs> so y'all that was and it, it's interesting right because you question you I, it made me question I say you and I'm talking about me why they did some of the things right why have Laura question you know when she's sitting around a campfire at night she like dang did I really kill all those thousands of people that was fucked up should I do something about that nah let me go kill some more people um those moments are one thing, right? But then, so those are narrative moments that we have issue, that we can take issue with. But just like things like the language immersion, right? Mm -hmm. One, you have to go in and actively seek to turn on language immersion so that the people that you're interacting with, right, in these uh, fairly secluded areas um, that are non-English speaking, will actually speak the language that they're supposed to. You have to go in and turn that on because, you know, it's too much trouble for you to, to like, read subtitles, I suppose. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But then if you're going to have language immersion, why not have Laura speak Spanish, too? Because she can't... She can read ancient fucking hieroglyphics, but she can't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but she's selective in when she can speak all of these languages. So during the main story, she can read all these things, no problem. But if I'm running around Paititi trying to collect the pillars, the the um, the stone yep. pillars, I, I, I suddenly don't understand them. Laura has lost any ability to speak the local language out of thin air like she normally does. And you have to go around and collect all these other things in order to build up those language <laughs> skills. Which magic colonizer fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I gotta run those all over yeah, the all over the stone pillar. Run your colonizer fingers all over the monuments. That's what you do. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> hmm. Oh boy. And like I grew up a really big fan of Indiana Jones. <laughs> and obviously I know, I know. I know. That's that's a whole other host of issues. That's okay. I went. I you used know, to watch a lot of Mash when I was a kid, and I went back about 
when MASH hit Netflix a couple years ago and decided yeah. to try to watch it. I watched one episode and I was like, I'm going to call my mama and cuss her out for letting me watch this <laughs> shit when I was a kid. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. No, so, you know, like, I, I grew up watching that with my dad. That was, like, our thing. And, um, you know, even though he was doing all these things and it was very, very questionable, mm-hmm. um, there always felt like there was some sort of, like, method there was like a scholarly inclination behind a lot of the things. And I feel like Square Enix is just, is really struggling with trying to like balance what Lara is supposed to be. Like, is she a scholar? Is she, you know, is she a hero? Is she an action hero? Is she just Rambo at this point? Yeah. Alec, let me tell you a secret. And I'm saying this. Okay. I want y'all to feel this. Feel it deep from your toes all the way up. I'm saying this with the full force of my fucking PhD. The Academy is full of fucked up white people doing white people shit. That's true. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, with all of history, all of, I mean, history, archaeology, literature, science, hard sciences, soft sciences, all the sciences are all steeped in racism, sexism, and general xenophobia. Not just in the way that it treats the people that come through the programs, but also in all of the research that they do. If we look back to, I mean, and things that we st- that people are starting, not, not we, because a lot of us know these things from, from earlier on in life, but that are coming into the mainstream, right? Like with, with shit like... Um, Henrietta Lacks and the immortal cells, right? That they take a, they take a woman of color and take cancer cells from her body and use these to, um, to learn more about cancer, not necessarily a bad thing, but also sell them to send them to space and do all of these other things without compensating the family in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Right. If we think back to things like the Tuskegee experiment and we think things, we want to start start talking about shit that makes people uncomfortable. I'm about to make y'all real fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) Take your birth control pills. I want you to look at them real close. See, I'm a lesbian. I ain't got to do that shit. Look at that shit real close. Right. You have that not because they wanted to make women's lives better, but you have that because you know what? <clears throat> they wanted to make sure that they could control the birth of coloreds and idiots, right? Mm-hmm. So this is why we have birth control. So people like to talk about, you know, why birth control is such a wonderful thing and it is such a great women's rights, um, a great, great women's rights uh, event. It is not. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they tested all of these drugs below the border is what they called it right so they sent all the they sent birth control to mexico to be tested you had hundreds of women of color who died from this shit so that you could have this and take your little pill 28 20 what no 21 days a month you can take those little placebos if you want to i know how they work all right so um but you had hundreds of women of color who died right and then rather than saying we fucked up they were like they're illiterate they took it wrong so i mean all of this, right? Hard sciences, soft sciences, everything across the board, right? Is steeped in, in all of these problematic issues. So yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? When we see Indiana Jones and we're like, yeah, yeah scholarly inquiry. Yeah, but you know, he a white dude doing scholarly inquiry. We mm-hmm, still got the same mm-hmm. white dudes doing scholarly inquiry and fucking shit up. It mm-hmm. happens. 
It's true. It's true. So I guess I'm just hopeful. No, I'm sorry. Don't be because. <laughs> so Shit. one of the the things that I'm doing for my dissertation is I'm I'm tracing game studies adjacent to scholarship and like not game studies journals, but I'm looking at other journals, right? Like communications and media studies and other fields where they're they're talking about games and i keep running into the biggest bullshit and it's like all the way down why would the researcher think this was okay and then people always want and i ask this in class all the time i'm like but why why did anybody think this was okay well that was the population they had access to so they did the study no fuck that don't do your study yeah why was it published well it was it was decent research no fuck that it wasn't here's an example there was a study I read uh, that came out, I guess now, about two years ago. And this researcher wanted to study whether or not people change their behaviors in sports games, specifically boxing games, if they played as a black avatar versus a white avatar, if they got more aggressive, if they played as a black person. The population that the researcher studied was almost all white women. First of all, in what fucking universe are is it mostly white ladies playing boxing games? <laughs> second of all, can we just think for a second about your study that is designed about whether or not white ladies get more intense, aggressive, and mean when playing as black dudes? Because there, there's no stereotype that says black black men are violent, is there? There's a whole host of problems <laughs> all the way down the line. The researcher... Anybody the researcher talked to while doing the research. Participants saying, yeah, I'll, let me do this. The initial editors who looked at this piece and said, yep, let's send that out to peer reviewers. Anybody who fucking peer reviewed it. All of these people. I wish any one of them, somebody would send me some shit like that. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> any one of these people could have said, you know what? How about we don't? Yeah. And nobody did, I guess. And that is emblematic. Yeah. It, it, we are, like I said, from, from you know, the Tuskegee experiment to, to, and, and testing social diseases, right? Venereal disease to birth control and eugenics to, you know, even to saying, you know, let, let's, let's ask white women to play as black men when, when we know that there's a very specific stereotype covering black men and aggression, black men and violence, and especially violence toward white women. I mean, this is mm -hmm. why we had our, this is, this was the subject of our first like moving movie, Birth of a Nation in 1918, right? The white woman who sacrificed herself by jumping off a fucking cliff because she didn't want to be touched by a black man because Lord knows what he was going to do to her was a fate worse than death. There, there ain't no history there that we need to pay attention to, right? Because it's not about, you got to see, you done fucked up and forgot again, Alicia. Yeah. It's not about people. It's about systems because people don't affect systems. Remember that when you have to talk about Ian Bogos this week. Oh, um, I got this. I've been training with, for this for fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we don't have any good news for you. I wish we did. Darn it. Well, well. Allie's like... I can't say I'm not surprised. Allie's like, what have I gotten myself into? I thought I was going to be talking about Tomb Raider. 
Well, I was angry about Tomb Raider, so this is this is just the next step. But no, it's yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. No, you're People like to pretend that the past doesn't exist. People like to pretend that the past doesn't exist. People like to say, Oh, isn't it nice that we can do X or Y? Isn't it nice that Laura is But being how do we get there? Isn't it nice? Right. And this is the same reason that God help me, I am playing Detroit Become Human with my undergraduate class for the next couple of weeks. I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't either. You just like to suffer. No, no, I mean, they got to they gotta think about it. They got to think about it, and they got to be able to hear perspectives that are different from their own. They got to be able to hear that, you know what? No, yeah, it's, it's not okay for you to take stories of black babies being murdered in the street and superimpose them on your fucking androids to be to be oh, edgy but, but white ladies should go kneel should take a knee to protest brett Sweet kavanaugh baby jesus Ooh. i heard that i was like you let me let me see that shit in person are you kidding me <laughs> colin kaepernick can't get a job but they gonna take their pink pussy hat wearing asses out there kneeling in the damn street are you kidding me uh, sometimes i like to bring up like dumb shit that people do on the internet just to make Sam mad. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you got a thrill from I that. Did. She just does. A little one. She does. A little one. She knows. Yeah. She knows me too well. She's like, I know she saw this already, and I know she was mad about it. So let me mention it again. It's true though. I mean, it's it's bullshit, but it's also like such apparent bullshit that you just kind of look at it and you're like, hmm. <laughs> Well, apparently not everybody looks at it and sees it as a pair of bullshit. No, cause no, because there are going to be people out idea. there doing it. They thought it was a good idea to don those pussy hats for something else. Because, uh, you know, all women got pink pussies. Mm-hmm. Got pussies at all. So don't forget it, y'all. Uh, so, yeah, I saw that shit. I was like, you know what? You Deep can't breath. make this up. Nope. You cannot make up these women taking a knee. You know what's funny? It's not funny. Maybe a little funny. It wasn't even a great protest. All it did was make everybody mad. People out there getting fired. Chastised in the NFL. How dare you? You're defacing our sport. We're supposed to be making America great again. And white ladies out here like, oh, that's such a good idea. Let's do it too. It, it was an original idea. They thought of that where, shit. Where See, they took, you? They took their magic colonizer fingers and they <laughs> placed them on Colin Kaepernick. So I guess this is going to be the title of the episode, right? Magic colonizer <laughs> fingers. They episode absorbed. 180. Oh my God. I don't mean to say that it's not a good protest. It's an excellent protest. Um, but it's not like, you know, it's worked. Not the fault of the protesters. The fault it's of not all worked the rest in the way that was intended to work. Hell At no. least not initially. That's because, you know, why would we want to listen to uh, to anything that a black man has to say when we could be talking about sports ball? Why well, listen to anything a black person got to say about black people, especially young black people being killed in the street? Can't y'all just carry the sports ball? Just get out there and carry the sports ball. What are you even doing? Carry the, carry the sports ball. Carry the sports ball and, and listen when the police tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is awful. The remix. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Have we had a happy podcast in like the last two years? 
I don't know. We need to find some happy shit to play. <laughs> we need to find some happy shit to play so we can come on and talk about how great it was and how happy we were with it. But I don't even know if that shit I mean, exists. What about, I mean, Forza's kind of... No, 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 no. Nope. I, I could ruin that for you. Do you want me nope. to? Ain't no dark-complected women, black women in that game. I can't have natural hair that is short. I got to look a certain way. I can't choose my own body type. Forza. Okay, how about Forza 3, <laughs> where we didn't have avatars? I've been mad. I'm mad. Don't tr- trust. I mean, I've been playing Forza and talking about Forza, but I'm mad at Forza 2. Um. <laughs> you can't have nothing. Can't have nothing. I know this is not going to be... <laughs> Yeah, no, this is not. I'm not going to find that. <laughs> I mean, we, can go, we can all go play Overcooked. Yeah. Overcooked is fun. It's pure. Overcooked too. <laughs> they just came out with the island, the uh, the, uh, the the tropical piece yeah. DLC. They can, there's, there's so many ways they can fuck that up. Yeah. I think it literally just takes place on an island. Okay. Like, I think Ain't nobody wearing grass skirts and masks and shit, right? I don't know. I, I can't. I can't throw it under the bus or, or to you guys just yet. I, I haven't looked into it that much. I'm pretty sure that that franchise is a pure cinnamon roll. Um, but if they fuck it up, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> be like, how dare you? Watch, in in this DLC, you can't play the characters in a wheelchair because of the sand. <laughs> like, watch, that's going to be the You're thing. Like, can't have handicapped people in the sand? What's wrong with Somebody you? Somebody better be out there mind, laying down some boards. <laughs> yeah. Making accessible, making accessible beaches out here. No, no, no. Overcooked has to remain pure. <laughs> Please, just let me have. Now that. I'm just pre. I'm pre angry. I'm pre angry. Pre angry. I'm pre angry. I'm no, I'm gonna be angry. So I'm just gonna start getting angry now. <laughs> I oddly like to go in thinking I'm gonna enjoy something. I do. Don't work often, but I try. Yeah, that must be nice. I try. I try. I don't want to be angry all the time. I end up that way, but I'll start out that way. See, and that's a, see, and Ali, you know, that's always the joke. It's like, I can ruin everything. So you know mm-hmm. I can ruin everything. People come into mm-hmm. my chat, like, on Mixer all the time, and they'll be like, well, what about? I'll be like, don't, don't bring me your childhood loves. Don't bring me your childhood dreams to crush in front of all these people. Because I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Don't bring me your childhood dreams. I will crush Everything them. is awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. Anyway. Y'all, any final thoughts? About, not you, Alicia. <laughs> any more? Damn. Final thoughts? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Final thoughts about Tomb Raider, y'all? I mean, I think after this, I'm going to be a pretty hard pass on... I'm assuming that because this was, like, they keep calling this, like, the end of the, like... Oh, they're going to come up with some new problematic yeah. shit. Just wait. Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, they keep calling this like the the end of the the rebirth trilogy, um, which I mean, did we really need three fucking games for that? <laughs> nope. Like, gee. Anyways, but I think I'm gonna be a hard pass going forward. Even though the gameplay itself is fun, it just Lara is seriously so 
boring <laughs> and just bad. Yeah. That like I I don't I had no no pleasure playing her, and at at a lot of the time you know at the end of it all I kind of just I just felt like she was a vehicle for me to use to navigate these these tombs. Like I didn't even see her as a worthwhile character anymore. Yeah. I mean, she's been like I said, she was she was horrible and boring to me in the very first one. And she has done nothing to redeem herself in any way, shape, or form. Because I thought that second game, Rise of the Tomb Raider, was boring as hell. Um, and then the only reason I found this one remotely interesting it was because I was pissed the whole time. Um, but not because she was interesting, because she wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yep, hard pass. Yep. So with that, um, I guess that's going to bring us to the end of episode 180. Technically, as I told Alicia, this is episode 181 because episode 100, we actually broke into two parts. We didn't break it into two parts. We recorded on two different days because it was a big episode. We wanted to do all these things. So it was two parts of episode 100 on two different days. So, But we called them both 100. So this is technically 181, but we're going to keep calling it 180. So I'm not going back and renumbering those. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 180. Um, so until next time when we have episode 181. Oh, before we do that, Allie, thank you yes. so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad to. Angry fun. Angry fun. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed the angry fun. We're good at angry fun around here. At least she's better at it than I am. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm like the Hulk. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 180. So until next time when we have episode 181, we would like to say, y'all, be good to one another. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you all soon. See you all soon. Talk to you later. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.